biggest change that I am proud of when it comes to the Army is the fact of not just recognizing equal opportunity, but also wanting to dive deeper into diversity, equity, and inclusion. Welcome to the Bluff Podcast, where you get the bottom line up front and we won't waste your time. Podcast listeners, welcome back to another episode of The Bluff Line. Again, I am your uh, host, Command Sergeant Major Juan Jimenez, coming to you out of Redstone Arsenal in Alabama. Again, it's my pleasure to bring another special guest onto the show like we have in the past. But before I hand the mic over to uh, Mass Sergeant Paxton, I'd just like to say, like always, if you have any information or if you want to hear any information on our show, by all means, reach out to me to juan.p.jimenez.mil at mail.mil so we can either answer some of your questions you might have, bring some special guests that you might be interested in listening to, and by all means, uh, any other things that you'd like to uh, hear about or ensure that gets pushed out. You know, again, this is another way to communicate out and um, make sure our voices are being heard and just uh, push out information that might be relevant to our listeners out there that might be uh, wanting to pick up on some things out there. And again, it, it, it goes out wide. So by all means, it doesn't matter if you're stationed here at Redstone or not. If you want to hear something, by all means, shoot me a little message and we can get that out to you. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my special guest and uh, give her an opportunity to kind of introduce herself and let her say where she what she does and where she's from. So by all means, Master Sergeant Paxton, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Sergeant Major. I am, as you said, Master Sergeant Elena Paxton. I've been assigned to the Army Material Command here at Redstone for almost a year. I am assigned as the Military Equal Opportunity Advisor and Program Manager for AMC, but I also support the installation as well. That is awesome. You know what? When you say AMC, you're talking about Army Material Command here on the installation, and they reach out so far, and I know you play a big role in ensuring that as an equal opportunity advisor, we are pushing out the latest and greatest. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Before we go deep into what you do as an equal opportunity advisor, can you tell the audience a little bit about about your background and where you come from? Well, I am from Miami, Florida. I love that place. I love going back home to visit my family, which the majority is still there. I am married and I have a three-year-old son. I've been serving in the Army for 20 years now, and I was recently promoted to Master Sergeant on 1 January. A proud accomplishment for me. I've worked hard um, serving my country and serving the organizations that I've been assigned to. I will say that I'm a 42 Alpha, a human resource sergeant, and I love what I do in the Army. I love that job. That is awesome. And, I, you know, I would tell you that I love doing what I do in the Army as well. I think I, I don't know if I would, would have invested that many years in if I didn't love what I was doing. And congratulations on your promotion and congratulations on uh, 20 years of service. I mean, that's a, that's a great accomplishment. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people might not know and understand how hard that path is to get where you're at and, and what it takes. And, and it's really hard work at, at what it takes. Um, you know, moving on to a little bit of uh, what you do here on Redstone Arsenal. I mean, as a uh, equal opportunity advisor, can you talk to some uh, people about what you do? So what I do is I am the eyes and the ears for the commander in regards to 
equal opportunity. Um, that's for service members and their families as well. The Army regulation recently just changed. Um, so now we also manage or monitor harassment, which includes hazing and bullying, online misconduct, and other forms of discriminatory harassment. The sexual harassment portion has been moved into sexual harassment and assault response program, and they actually manage the complaints that may come from that. So the Army did a wise thing by actually segregating that portion and making that lane specifically for SHARP. That is awesome. And uh, you know what, I think uh, knowing and understanding that aspect of it, uh, it just allows the the environment and the workforce to to operate better and uh, to ensure that everybody knows that that type of stuff is not tolerated. At all. Right. I mean, you know, and to me, it kind of, you know, we talked a little bit about the golden rule at one time, and it really kind of goes back to the golden rule and treating others as you would want to be treated, you know? And I think you kind of hold that line as an equal opportunity advisor for, for uh, AMC and our installation. Yes. So I like to say treat others. We say, we say treat others, others as they should be treated when it's actually treat others as they should be treated. And that's always with dignity and respect. Yes. Outstanding. Dignity and respect is, is very important. And, you know, as we as we go along and talk about it, different places that we've been uh, stationed at, I know you've probably been stationed in several places. And sometimes, uh, you know, as non-commissioned officers, we, we are, you know, we always say that we are a censor out there for everything. And uh, if you see something, say something, right? Uh, what would you tell, you know, NCOs out there, young officers, I mean, you name it, even our civilian employee, if they were to come across something like this, what what should they do? I believe silence means complicity. So even if an individual is uncomfortable with approaching an individual directly, that doesn't mean that there are not avenues or different um, means that they can let someone know. The Army actually just also implemented, in terms of making a complaint, we have the um, opportunity and or ability to make anonymous complaints now in regards to discrimination and harassment. So not only can you make uh, an, an anonymous complaint can be formal and informal. And if the complaint is um, advanced or directed to be a formal complaint and that individual does not want to be known, the commander then is identified as, excuse me, as the subject. Outstanding. So in saying that, are people obligated to say something? My thoughts are yes. We I'm are obligated yeah. to say something. Right. I mean, as leaders, right? I mean, we're, we're leaders of an organization. We're leaders, of, you know, squad leader on up, uh, no matter what, or platoon leader on up. If, if you're, I think you should be obligated to say something, if you, you know, or else, like you said, silence means that you're kind of saying it's okay. And it's not okay if you're starting to see these things, right? So when we think about obligation and saying something and or speaking up, the first, uh, Army value that I always associate that with is personal courage. So if we are following the seven Army values and we truly believe that and hold true to that, then personal courage would be used in that time. Right. So uh, I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you is why you decided to join the Army. But from when you joined the Army to now, right, did you ever see yourself doing what you're doing now? No, I did not. Right. So uh, joining the Army right. was I won't say a last resort, but it wasn't wasn't a resort for me at all. Right. It was never an option that I had considered. 
Uh, I had no plan leaving high school mm -hmm. and I was in JRTC for three years. I took the ASVAB, recruiter came to my house, spoke with my mother. And from the minute I walked in the door after that meeting, she pretty much obligated me herself and mm -hmm. told me, you are joining the army. <laughs> and I funny. will have to say that joining the army has been one of the best decisions of my life. Well, that's awesome, you know, and that's good to hear when we talk about leaders, when we talk about all walks of life, I mean, you name it, someone out there may be going or listening to this saying, you know, I mean, is it an option for me, you know, or, or not? And, and by your story, I mean, you may convince someone to say, you know, maybe let me explore a career in, in the army or in the service. If you were to talk to somebody out there that's a young graduate out of high school thinking about what I should do, putting yourself back in that position, what do you think you would tell them? I, I actually have spoken with individuals, my right. nieces and nephews to be exact, right. um, and they had have no plan and or did not have a plan. So I always remind them that I'm not gonna pressure you to join, but I will you know, say, take a look at my life. I can be an example for you. And you know you can benefit from it as much as you would like to. And just signing up and serving maybe four years does not mean forever, but it will give you an opportunity to do some things that you may want to do, like go to college. And Sergeant Major, I just recently had the opportunity to actually mentor a woman who is about 28 years old, who already knew she wanted to join the military right. service. And so she asked me a bunch of questions. I gave her you know, the aspect that I could from a military enlisted standpoint, right. as well as some of her options if she wanted to become an officer because she already has a degree, a master's degree to be exact. Right. And, you know, she was adamant about joining, you know, did PT with her, gave her some workout plans, helped her with her meal planning. She lost the weight. Right. She's actually serving in a basic training right now for Jackson. Well, that's, you know, that that's a great story to, to tell our audience uh, and know and understand that you know, as leaders in the army, especially non-commissioned officers that we, you know, we reach out so, to so many people and sometimes we don't even realize that we do that, right? We just go about our business and, and being professional what we do as you talk, you know, as we so hold the, the creed of the non-commissioned officer up so, and no one is more professional than I and we continue to conduct ourselves in that, in that way, in that manner, that it starts to, um, become infectious with other people, right? And they were like, what do I gotta do to be, you know, a team member like you, you right, know what I mean? Right, I, w I would ask you, you know, now that you've got 20 plus years, you're a master sergeant in the United States Army, what is the most interesting thing or most highlight that you would want to leave your mark on as either a non-commissioned officer in the Army or as an equal opportunity advisor uh, or both, I mean, what what's the mark that you wanna leave or your legacy you wanna leave? So I would say for my legacy as an NCO period would be to be a, a servant leader. Um, I wanna empower individuals and I want to mentor. And I've done that so far um, in my career while I've only had a few times to actually lead soldiers. I've done some great things in the right. army that didn't always allow me to have soldiers. But when I did get that opportunity, I will say what I did was stop first, think about my leadership style, and then think about who it is or you know their, who they were as people. And I always like to use this, and this is something I learned and I hold dear to me. I always wanna see my soldiers as 
people first. They're human. Right. You know, second as an adult mm -hmm. and then as a soldier in the United States Army. And I think just taking that step back and realizing that they are someone who matters and getting to know them, their background, what they're capable of, where they may need help has allowed me to be a successful NCO in the fact where one, I still mentor soldiers right. who I've led. They right. are still calling me now, right. which I actually appreciate and that attests yeah. to me as a good leader. Right. And, you know, and the beauty of that is when, uh, like you talked about, when you get an, a soldier to reach out to you and I mean, you're not even at that duty station anymore or, or that location to, for some advice or some mentorship. I mean, it kind of it, it allows you to reflect on the impact you left behind from your other past duty stations. And it, it's it's a great feeling to know and understand that you've left a little mark. And, and that's that's what we do as non-commissioned officers is. And it goes back to our model when I was at the uh, Sergeant Major Academy, and it was lead, learn, and inspire. And that's what we do. We continue to lead. We we have to learn ourselves, and we continue to push out and inspire others. And, I, I you know, I hope, and this is what this podcast is for, is to allow non-commissioned officers to reach out, to allow uh, other workforce members to reach out to, to people that might be listening to our podcast and wanting to hear somebody like Matt Sarn Paxson uh, say something on what her aspects are on coming into the, the army and what the accomplishments that you've done that there is possibilities out there, you know? Right. I, I would like to, to see, you know, I mean, as we've, you know, you've spent 20 years in the army, I'm about to hit 28 years in the army. We've gone through so many changes in the army and we learn and adapt through them. And, you know, change is good. Sometimes it keeps us going, it keeps us learning. You know, it, uh, it allows uh, to build in flexibility and adaptability in our leadership styles. And just see if there's anything under this new AR670-1 that came out that talks a little bit about some changes, right? Some of the changes that, uh, that came out and then uh, maybe get a little aspect on, on, on your take on it is female soldiers are authorized to wear multiple neat and appearance hairstyles you know, at once and see your take on, is that a good change? I think that's a great change. Right. Um, everything within limits. Mm -hmm. We are an organization and we know we are a uniforms organization. Right. And so when we sign on and we make that oath to serve under this organization, we know that some things we won't be able to um, do as uniquely or as independent as we would like. However, there are some things that should give individuals the opportunity to be themselves and to one, you know, fall within the guidelines and or standards, but still have some type of diversification when it comes to representing who they are. No, that's that's true. I mean, you know, and when we talk about, you know, female soldiers um, may wear non-extreme shades of lipstick, you know, female soldiers may wear stud earrings uh, now while in the Army combat uniform. I think those you know, those are uh, some small changes, but it allows, like you said, a little bit of identity, even though, you know, we're structured army and we wear the same uniform and you wear the patches from your unit and, you know, everything's kind of structured. This allows some identity of individuals. Again, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to to come and uh, be on the podcast. I, I think uh, listeners out there really appreciate the fact that, you know, one, I'm able to bring a... Um, female master sergeant of the United States Army on to, to talk a little bit about your background, you know, some leadership styles of what uh, where you came from and just what you do uh, for us in the Army. 
I, I think it's great. And what I'd like to do before we uh, close out is give, just give, give you an opportunity to, to say anything you might want to say before we close. I want to say one, thank you, Sergeant Major, and uh, for giving me this opportunity and inviting me. I was actually quite surprised, but thank you so very much because it actually gives me a voice and it recognizes me as an individual person, as the Equal Opportunity Advisor for AMC and as a soldier and leader serving in the United States Army. So I do appreciate that. I will say that I believe in the Army. And as you stated, we have been through many, many changes from like, I think I'm on my third PT uniform, right, right. my third combat uniform, mm -hmm. going into my third dress uniform. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we have seen the Army make continuous changes, but the biggest change that I am proud of when it comes to the Army is the fact of not just recognizing equal opportunity, but also wanting to dive deeper into diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, if a short person has one box and still can't see over the fence, then they need two boxes to be standing next to the individual who's six feet. Right. You know, that diversity showing that I am a single person. I come from this background. I have my own characteristics, my own abilities, my own talent that I bring to this team. And together we make this whole organization whole and just including those diverse things, including those talents so that we can get the mission accomplished at probably even better than it would have been had I only focused on this one group of people. Right. So I'm proud of the Army and that change that they have identified and that they are making um, steps towards changing. Now, I, I totally agree with you. And I would tell you that uh, from the moment I joined the Army, you know, I think the Army and services in general have been the front runners to to learn to adapt to work with a diverse group of people because yeah, it's it's been happening, you know, since well for me when I joined the army back then, we've we've worked with females, we've worked with different uh, back, uh, backgrounds. I mean, you name it, we've done it, and we've been able to come together, accomplish the mission. You know, at, at the core of everything, we're all soldiers and we're all uh, sworn in to do something. That's to defend the, the United States and its constitution, and uh, we we will do that. And allowing some diversity and allowing change, it uh, it makes it that much better. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And uh, maybe we look forward to, to getting you on later on uh, for another episode. Sure. Maybe I'll bring some guests. There you go. <laughs> and thank you so much to our listeners out there. And by all means, like I talked about before, send in some uh, some information that you might want to hear or uh, drop me a line on some issues that you want us to talk about. Again, this is the Bluff Line. Uh, Sergeant Major uh, signing off. Thank you.